0: okay hello everyone welcome back to okay podcast my name is hayden my name's Kamila. you scroll 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 through instagram but inevitably your eyes start to wander you find yourself scrolling down your feed staring into space not processing what is actually happening on your screen You snap back and realize how many posts you've passed without interacting or really even seeing them. You scroll back
1: up and begin the cycle once again. With post after post of outfit shots being rather similar, this pattern is very easy to fall into. However, with proper lighting, forethought, and technique, a story can be told with an image. Seeing these posts across our feeds breaks up the monotony. Today, we're speaking with Kaiser about how they create unique and enchanting photos that highlight
0: their J fashion. But before we get into that, let's get into some news and updates for this month. There's a lot. Holy (laughs) shit. There's so much stuff going on in the community right now. It is ridiculous. First and foremost, let's get into some stuff about us. Kamila, what have you been up to? Yeah, so...
1: I, uh, just recently bought the ACDC rag Gloomy Bear collaboration, um, hoodies. Um, for some reason, I just wanted the zip hoodies. I was just like, I don't have a lot of hoodies.
0: <laughs> Gloomy Bear very much falls into your aesthetic, I feel. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: And I bought both the Pink one and the um, black and white, like checkerboard pattern Ooh. colorways. Like, I can't wait to um, style both of those. I'm just like, oh, I have outfits ideas. Combining the checkerboard one with some hypercore items that I think would go with it. Really excited about combining those things. Of course, I'll do like my regular pastel stuff with the pink colorway. It would go so well with the everyday carry leggings. Yeah, yeah. And then I got some like over the knee, like iridescent pink boots Ooh. sort of thing. Because <laughs> I think it'll be oversized on me if I'm anywhere close to the heights of the models. Which just you know. about
0: anything is. <laughs> right, right.
1: So I'm just like, oh, well, yeah, it's going to be big on me. So I'm just like, oh, I could wear just that and the boots. And then maybe I can be a little like gadu somehow. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, so that's what I'm like thinking. And I'm like excited about getting it should be coming in this week it sent really
0: fast they saw hard decor and they go Kamila ordered our stuff we must get it out right right away. Right, right away right <laughs> <laughs> and then i have
1: a new hard decor design in progress Ooh. yeah like waiting for the samples to come in so then i can definitely say that it's all good let's put it for sale and all that and take take some more pictures But it's kind of like, I guess, about anxiety and stuff and what you know, invasive thoughts. Yeah, it's like what if it turns out hideous. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, but I mean like the design is about anxiety and invasive thoughts.
0: Oh. I thought you, yes. were, you were having anxiety. Whoopsie.
1: I I was. <laughs> <laughs> the first batch of samples went to the wrong address and I got really upset about that cuz I'm just like, man, I could have like put this out earlier if it if they came on time, but I took that opportunity to to change some things about the design and reorder different samples I'm gonna do t-shirts and crop tops a button and a s- sticker and notebooks so I'm trying to make it like it comes both in like a pastel and a black colorway nice
0: nice 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 I'm excited to see it especially with yeah. my anxious ass
1: <laughs> yeah exactly I hope people don't like take it the wrong way because like you know how people say, um, don't worry, be happy? hmm I feel like whenever I see that phrase, like, on, on things, I end up reading it, like, worry, don't be happy. And then I have to, like, do a double take and go, like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is saying the opposite of that. Um, so my design is basically going to be, like, worry, don't be happy, um, upside down smiley face.
0: I like that. I like that a lot.
1: <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, so I'm just like, I'm not trying to tell you to do that. I'm
0: just saying, like, that's what keeps happening to me. So. Your mind for parody is amazing. (laughs) Like, you come up with such the greatest things. I'm just like, where did that come from? What? (laughs) How did you think of this? Right, yeah, it's just... This is personal experience. (laughs) You're bringing much-needed humor into the calm, I feel. Uh, Yes, hopefully. Yeah,
1: exactly. There's so much serious stuff going on.
0: Yeah, we need it. We desperately need it right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've also been dipping my toe into some design work. I have a couple of things that I managed to crank out. One of them, I was very inspired from my favorite cookie as a child, which was the Circus Animal Cookies not Animal Crackers, the Frosted Circus Animal Cookies. I was like, I have to take these and I have to make them into something because they're so freaking cute. And I released a design based off of that. While I was looking for references, I realized that there's like 50 bajillion different versions of circus animal cookies for different seasons. Wow, wow. There's Spring there's mythical animals which has like unicorns and mermaids on them. There's a Halloween version, so I'm like I need to do one for every season now and <laughs> I'm so excited to do more for them, but it was it was a little complex, more complex than you think just because there was a lot of little details I wanted to be sure I got. The font that they use is very particular and it was a little difficult to replicate. And it was just like a lot of line, control Z, Line, Control Z, Line, <laughs> Control Z. And I was just like, I wanna get this done. What program were you doing it in? I use Fire Alpaca, because I'm a baby. <laughs> and I it's so it's simple, it's easy to use, it's very brass tacks, bare bones, and I don't get overwhelmed with it. And I've been using it since I was a kid. I'm like, this is easy peasy. the design looks great doesn't
1: look like you you know you use some sort of junk program or something i don't know Uh,
0: i'm not like using the airbrush tool on full opacity yeah (laughs) right
1: exactly so you used fire alpaca professionally
0: (laughs) and i've recently been very very obsessed with cows and i want cows to be the new dalmatian in fairy k and spank k So I made a kawaii cow t-shirt. It's a cow with super big shiny eyes on a rosette that is on a t-shirt. And I'm very happy with how it came out. I'm thinking about maybe putting it on like a crossbody bag. Mm -hmm. And I just adore her. She's so cute. (laughs) I love her so much. Excited to get my hands on my own pieces. So that's what I've been up to mainly. That is so cool though. And we are now doing a monthly Q&A. And this is not like a Q&A with me and Kamila. It is a question that we post to our listeners. And we want to get your feedback and we will use it on the show.
1: If you want to like be involved in the next one, we, um, I guess the most popular spot is Instagram. We usually do like an Instagram story with a question box in it. This month, our question was, what is your dream collaboration?
0: And so many people just wanted Sanrio. Mm -hmm. So many people. And surprising amount. I was just like, oh, wow, I thought it
1: was gonna be, I don't know, just different brands. I wasn't even thinking about Sanrio.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Maho Queen, Jaded Island, Denny Plastic, Gummy Frog Draws, and CozyCore all said they wanted Sanrio to collab with X brand. And that includes AP, Fancy Surprise, or basically any sweet brand there is. And it makes me wonder why it hasn't been done as often. Like Angelic Pretty has done collabs already with Disney. And it just makes me curious if that license is a little harder to get a hold of, you know?
1: Right, right. I mean, well, Adorned by She did a collaboration with... Hello Kitty. That's true. So I'm just like, okay, well, that's an American indie brand basically too. And so I'm just like, okay, so that happened. Galaxy maybe did something with Sanrio
0: or specifically Hello Kitty before, I think. So Sanrio has done some Lolita pieces. They did a collaboration with Advertising Balloon, which is a Taobao brand on Devil Inspired. They've done some Lolita pieces before. I guess I'm more curious as to why it's not more frequent.
1: Right, right. Um. So we have Evergreen Frog that would like Lily of the Valley x Moss Badger, which I think would be really cool.
0: Yeah, the their styles would really coalesce well. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think so as well.
0: ApfelBurn7
1: says they would like... Alice in the Pirates, and Lord of the Rings.
0: Oh, that's Yeah, that one's creative. out there.
1: I like that. That one's really cool. <laughs> I like that idea. I Yeah, I have you know, and Alice and the Pirates piece. And I'm just like, yeah, I think they could totally work together. I probably wouldn't wear it because none of the things would be pastel.
0: But (laughs) what would that look like? Like I'm thinking of jumper shorts, like OG style jumper shorts. With like Schmiegel, uh, was that his- why <laughs> you bothered that character? I don't know. I was just like Gollum. It's not Smeagol, It's Gollum.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched Lord of the Rings really, but I'm just like, wouldn't it be maybe they'd be more like theming it after the um, dwarf characters? Yeah, the Hobbits. The Hobbits. Yeah, I'm just like, well, maybe you would dress like the Hobbits. More like. But my mind came up with Gollum. Yeah, you're (laughs) came up with Gollum. Your your goblin mind. Ow, in my head. Oh my god. Came up with Gollum. It's
0: like, that's not the first character. He doesn't even wear clothes, does he? He has a loincloth. I mean. He
1: has a loincloth or maybe we could just like the the conventionally attractive elf guy Legolas
0: <laughs> Legolas, there we go. I'm just like, yeah, we could be Legolas. I was going to say, you know, the vertical prints? I was thinking of like an outline of sh- of of Gollum like oh. and then <laughs> oh like in between would be like the ring, and then you would have the vertical pinstriping in between uh-huh. each. Wow. That is what <laughs> I wow. That sounds not very good. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. I will prove
1: you wrong. <laughs> yeah, okay, I see. We'll see about that. Um, but yeah, I'm sure um Apfel had a more like tasteful design in mind. I'm sure they they had something nice. We have Frail Toria asking for Yumineko Neko and
0: Metamorphose. Yumineko Neko is an anime which I've never seen mm. nor heard of. So I have no comment on it, but yeah, I, I hope it would either. look good or it would look good in your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the question we had for this month. So if you would like a fun question, a fun fun little head scratcher, stick around on our social media and we'll be posting another one soon.
1: Yeah, I've been liking doing this and getting people's opinions and feedback and stuff. The
0: engagement is fun. Yeah. Other things that are going on right now. First, we wanted to highlight Frill Talk by Marina Kay. Frill Talk is a new podcast slash uh, YouTube series that Marina is making And it is all about highlighting real voices in the Lolita and J fashion community. The first episode was with Jojo and Rue, who are very popular um, Lolita Instagrammers and Twitterists. I guess. <laughs> Great people. They're very like
1: people who are um been in the community um a long while. They're very
0: active veterans.
1: Right, right, exactly. Which is awesome. I feel like the um channel isn't about just you know, just talking to people who are like, oh, we're just like influencers and like people have like a bunch of followers, it's not really about that. It's more about contacting people who are just involved in the community, who can speak to the different struggles and um, experiences in the community. Just being really active in that aspect, um, because not everybody is going to have. You know, the same experience, and also, like, even with me, you ask me the same questions. Like, I might not have experienced some of these different struggles just because. I haven't been active in, say, the Lolita community for years or even in a way of just like, I've been going to these tea parties or really active in the online forums and seeing what people are saying about different releases, different people's pictures, different... So I I think it's a really good segment that she does.
0: Yeah, so if you haven't already, go to Marina Kay's channel, go watch Frill Talk Go watch the rest of her channel. It is so good. Marina is great.
1: Yeah. So uh, one of our previous guests, their store, K Collective, was broken into. They don't have a... GoFundMe or anything like that going on right now, but they said the best way to support them through this is to go shopping on their site. They're currently getting together what the damages are, the amounts of that and what their insurance and stuff can pay. Thank God for insurance. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I guess something similar happened to Fickle Wish a while back too did they yeah they got um broken into but i think that was during like the protests and things like that so i guess like it's more connected to that yeah the store being broken into just seems like wow that was came out of nowhere you could see that there was just like something thrown through there their window, which I, I kind of felt annoyed that it was the more complex design window. I'm just like, yeah, oh, that's funny <laughs> Really? You had to pick the one that they like put art on. Right, right. So this just like, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know maybe like if anything was stolen or... Yeah, it just seemed very weird.
0: Yeah, especially since like it is a small store Mm -hmm. that you know the items aren't one they're not well known to the public like there's not a huge demand for them two if they're sold like on the black market like people are gonna be able to tell like oh shit like our group is gonna know Mm -hmm. what it is and it's like that was just like a very interesting choice yeah yeah it's
1: a weird choice like why would you do that but who knows but
0: if you can, go and support and shop from K Collective. It helps not just the shop owners, but the artists that are selling in their store as well. So, as the name states, it is a collective. So, go shop and support them to help them get brush themselves off and get through this. Real quick, we want to give all of our patrons a quick shout out. We just want to say thank you for supporting us through Thick and Thin, and we are going to start thanking our patrons every month, so that is something y'all can look forward to. So thank you to Bella, Eva Sparkles, Marina K., The Stitches, Jazz, Vesper, MW, Jenna S., Candy Graffiti, Dara, and Yuki S.,
1: and Vicky, Messy Toy Box, Mariah B., August Z., Samantha W., Fluffy Kawaii Joe, Caitlin W., Kayatan. Tan., Jaded Island, Jesse Moonheart, Yolanda
0: H., and Poovithell. We appreciate all of you so very much, and you're wonderful. Thank you, darlings. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get into our interview for this month, Kamila and I want to let you know about all of the ways that you can support OK Podcast.
1: The best way to support OK is by joining our Patreon. By becoming a patron, you could submit questions to our monthly guests, get access to bonus content and interviews, and be mentioned in our thank
0: yous in every episode. We've opened a shop for OK. To visit our shop, go to ok-podcast.com shop. We'll be adding new items to the shop, so check back frequently. While you're on our website, subscribe to our newsletter. We send a wrap-up every month so you'll know all about the latest OK news.
1: OK Podcast is also affiliated with kawaii fashion brand Holly Tea Time. If you want to buy kawaii clothes, support OK Podcast and get 15% off. Go to hollyteatime.shop slash discount slash OK podcast. And that is
0: O-K-E-I exclamation point, exclamation point, capital (laughs) P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Yes,
1: your discount will be automatically put towards your order at checkout.
0: If you want to support OK podcast for free, tell your friends about us. If you listen on iTunes, leave us a review, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and share our posts when you see them. We'd love to grow the community around OK, and all of this helps to do so. And with that, let's head into this month's interview. And welcome back. Today, we are speaking with Kaiser. Kaiser is a multidisciplinary artist who focuses on fashion, makeup, and photography. They love to experiment with fashion by combining various styles like gothic, lovecore, and avant-garde to create unique looks.
1: Kaiser is also a photographer who creates beautiful editorial like photos and outfit snaps. Through their photography, they capture their one-of-a-kind style. They've worked with various J-fashion-inspired brands to create beautiful photography campaigns for various launches. When not making fun, creative, and surreal imagery, they occasionally do DIY or 101 panels to help people feel confident in experimenting with their
0: style or photography. Hi, Kaiser. How you doing today? Good, good. How are you? doing well it is cloudy and cool here it's like that perfect time to open up the windows and like start to get the breeze in i'm loving the weather yeah,
2: i'm excited for the extra uh daylight
0: hour <laughs> oh my sure. god it tripped me up so badly when the clocks went forward or did they go back I don't know. I never know. <laughs> I was messed up for like a good for a good week. I didn't know what was happening. I was like, I'm exhausted. What is, what's going on? <laughs> yeah,
1: and I like forget that that happened. I'm just like, oh, that something significant happened to my time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Things feel a little different.
0: It really does. So hopping right into our questions, how did you first discover J-fashion? What was that first thing that reeled you into this, uh, I don't want to call it a cult because we're not, but...
2: <laughs> Just a little bit of a cult. Just a little. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like originally from the South Bronx and like music was really big in my house actually. It's really interesting because like at the time you didn't have... I don't know, you couldn't like go on the internet and search things. You had to like have it available to you locally. So I used to like hang out in the village, which is like a really big like alternative fashion kind of hub in New York. And then... uh I got super into actually music, like especially Japanese music because I was already into anime and pop culture, but I was like, ooh, music. So I was listening to like Japanese hip hop, pop, J-Rock and like VizK. Yeah. And then like reading like manga, like especially like um, Ayazawa's like Paradise Kiss and Nana, like which had like tons of like fashion influences too. Those were like all the things that kind of geared me toward like, you know, I would see VizK and I would see like, oh my God, look at those outfits. What are they wearing? And then I also had, a friend in high school who dressed as mana every day
0: Ooh,
2: i didn't know who mana was and i was like who is this girl she also took the same train as me to the bronx so i remember being like hi train buddy who dresses like mana why do you dress like this (laughs) and she was awesome
0: that's so interesting being able to see like those people in the community like having not just media pull Mm -hmm. you into it but also like just people yeah. i feel like it's um like a very personal uh, start into the com, which is like so wonderful
2: yeah and like in new york it was really cool because they would have like a really big japanese community so they would have a lot of like vk artists come to new york so they had like despair's ray perform at cbgb and, like, me and all my, like, VK friends would try to go and dress, like, super goth, and there would be, like, lolitas there, we were, like, all rocking out at, like, CBGB before they closed it down, and it was just, like, cool to have, like, that access, and then there was also, I think, Tokyo Rebel, um, where they would, Rest like, in invite peace. Misako. Yeah, RIP, right? Yeah. <laughs> So it was it was really it was interesting because it was just like, wow, I get to be in New York City and there's like this hub of culture here. And I was exposed to it, you know, a little bit before the Internet. And then I didn't really officially start dressing more into J fashion until I think I was like in college in 2009, 2008.
0: You were in it, but there was a bit of that delay when like first discovering it.
2: Yeah, yeah, because it's like you can't access it, so yeah.
0: I feel, yeah. I was just going to say I love seeing uh, different scans from uh, Nana and seeing, like, the Vivian Westwood pieces, and it's like, <laughs> I,
2: I know what Exactly, is. exactly.
0: So, with
1: that sort of beginning, how would you describe your current individual J-fashion style? I definitely can see the um, visual K influences
0: sometimes in some of your outfits. So, oh yeah, yeah. with how over the top they are, that it, it's so amazing.
2: I I, like love like definitely VK like goth. Then there's also the Lolita aspect because I feel like that was introduced because of mana like into kind of like my wardrobe and like what I like to wear. Um, I did like occasionally experiment with lots of different styles. Like I had a whole pastel like maybe I'll try to do pastel sweet boy. (laughs) Um, And I did that for like a while and then I was like oh this is not really my thing like I did but I wanted to just try it. Um, And I learned a lot about, like, dressing up in J fashion, even when I had, like, that super cute pastel candy phase. Like, now I feel like it's all influenced by, like, what's around me and what I grew up with. So there's, like, kawaii, lolita, vintage, like, punk elements. I feel like because I'm from the Bronx, I definitely have, like, that kind of street sense and attitude that I try to carry with myself to be, like, cool. It kind of reminds me of, like, the kids in Tokyo. Like, they were doing this in the streets. So, like, you know, I have that in common. Um, And I would also look at like, you know, like we just talked about like Ayazawa's work and I'd be like, oh my God, look at this street snap. Like she's wearing a Vivian bag and like a corset over a baby dress and some Doc Martens, like all those things kind of influence the way I dress and kind of like how I think about adding personal touches to like my style.
0: So when seeing all of these different cohorts from different people, people bringing in their own individual and unique takes on these pieces of fashion, what first got you started in photography? Uh, What inspired you to take a look at these different J fashion coordinates that you were making and say, oh, this is something that I need to document and make art out of?
2: I think it was definitely, like, the the GLB. Like, I remember, um, like, again, like, back in when you get you had very limited, like, resources. Like, I used to go to Kino Cunha all the time in New York City. And you could, like, it's like Barnes and Nobles, but you could, like, go in the store and, like, literally, like, you didn't have to buy the GLB, but you could, like, read it. <laughs> so I used to see these, like, amazing images of, like, all these, like, outfit snaps from, like, what people were wearing in the street. And then they would have, like, these kind of, like, cute, like, short editorial photos, like, oh, baby just released this dress, or, like, there was also Moon Kana who had, like, these really beautiful editorial photos that they would just take of her, and I was just, like, whoa, this is, like, amazing, it was, I don't know, I was just, like, taken by that, and then I was, like, oh, how do I, like, eventually incorporate that, and I always, like, studied photography um in school, and I used to, be, like, work as an intern and things like that, but I guess more recently, I'm getting more into, like, that that side of, like, my artistry of, like, oh, this is, like, the things that i used to love like how do i like bring that to everyone else
0: i miss the the over the top collages in different like glbs and releases from like ap btssb where it's just like everything is in your face there's no negative space it is all covered and i miss those so much
2: yeah, I like, I don't know. It was like my my mind was blown. I was like, what? Like, this is like something because it's like, you know, you go to like look at regular fashion magazines and it's like kind of a little bit stuffy sometimes and just like, oh my God, look at this like $1,000 dress like shown in like the most boring way. And then you look at like GLB and it's like, whoa, like this concept, like look at this Alice in Wonderland photo right. shoot or like look at this, you know. They create
1: their own worlds. Exactly. I feel exactly. like that drew me in more as like a, I want to be in this world. So like when you start doing like these photo projects, how do you first approach them? Like, are you going at it with a theme in mind or certain products or outfit you want to display? Or is it more about the location?
2: It, like, really is, like, different for every case. So, like, sometimes if you're walking around, you see a location that's really cool, and I'm like, oh, I have an outfit at home that matches this. Like, I should, like, wear it to this place. Other times you're thinking, like, oh, I saw this really cool photo shoot. I want to recreate something like it. Or, like, oh, I made this really cool outfit. Like, what can I do to, like, make it look cooler? Or What can I build around it to, like, make it have a theme? Um. So it just, like, comes, like, the inspiration kind of comes from everywhere around me.
1: I think that's interesting because... I mean, that's different from the way that I usually like take a photo just because like if I have like a a nice outfit, I'm just like, well, I'm going to take a picture of me in it and I'm not going to think too much about like setting the scene and creating this backdrop or going to a specific place. Sometimes I do, but that's not usually my process, and so to hear you talk about the whole process so with so much passion and just like, ah, oh, yes, I saw this place and it inspired me to create this outfit or, you know, something like that, I'm just like, yeah, that's, like, interesting.
0: I mean, it takes, like, an entirely different creative lens right. to create those different vignettes, mm-hmm. and I, I, I admire that you're able to just, like, see a setting or see an item and create this entirely original setup whether it's like something that conveys a story or something that is profound and showcases different items in very creative ways it's like amazing how you can just take a look at something and visualize a story out of it
2: yeah and I think that you're what you're saying is totally like spot on like the part of visualizing a story like I think that's always the most important part of just doing creative photography is just thinking about like what do you want what's the vibe you want to convey what's the story you want to tell how do you draw people in with just something outside of just like you know I just took a photo like what's going to make people feel connected to that photo or connected to that like piece of art that you're basically creating
0: mm-hmm, and I think that's mm-hmm. a reason that why photographers, mind. yeah yeah I think like you like you just said photographer's <laughs> mind I think that one of the reasons why Uh, some people struggle with it is just because it's a very different way of trying to get inspiration and look at the world it's something that either if you have it you know it comes naturally and if you don't have it it takes a lot of active thinking you know
2: yeah and there's like steps that you could like take to learn it more I spent nine years in art school so I'm just like that kind of I I do art for a living you know I design for a living so I think it's just naturally a part of what I do, but I think other people would definitely incorporate it into, like, their lives and, like, what they do every day.
0: It's a practice. It's a muscle that you have to build like anything else, unless you're naturally good at it. And, like, you know, there are some people who just, like, are just naturally strong. They can just carry shit no matter what, but, you know.
1: <laughs> some people gotta work out.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Or even, like, having, like, the interest to, I think... I could probably think of something, but then to actually put the effort into like, okay, so in order for me to take this picture and do this thing, I'm gonna set up this whole space or go to the specific area. And for me, it's like after I've ten- I spend the two hours putting on the outfit, I'm just like, I'm done. All of this is done. Oh my god! Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my god. And then there's the traveling and then the posing. Ooh, right. and then the editing. Oh my god. Oh, so right, much. Exactly. So I'm just like, you're gonna get whatever comes from under this petticoat <laughs> and eh, whatever. <laughs> you get what you get and you don't have a fit (laughs) right (laughs) so I'm just like I admire the effort and everything that you put
1: into like all of your like work and stuff like that because I'm just like oh man I I could
0: not do the extra mile a lot
2: (laughs) yeah no no it's definitely a difficult thing to do
0: sometimes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> On that note of, you know, traveling to different places and, like, finding the different locations and putting in the effort to create this story, what else goes into setting up a scene for your photos to take place in? So, like,
2: a lot now, obviously, because of the pandemic, I don't, like, travel as much as I as I used to, or I can't, like go and and do those type of things so I actually it's forced me to like kind of stay at home and think a little bit outside of the box in terms of like making backdrops getting props or kind of like including just more than your regular everyday things so it kind of takes a lot more effort sometimes now um, to create like these little mini sets Um, I'm learning I think I'm learning though too it's like building a completely different skill set to like build this little world but I felt like when I looked at a lot of like those Japanese magazines that's what they were doing they were like building these little mini studios. You're so
0: right you're so right. On that note I want to share this other photographer who I just followed because the way that they and they're verified on Instagram so you may be familiar with them but the way that they set up their scenes you think that they're in a studio Is it Kimberly? uh, Yes! Oh my God! (laughs) Yes! Wow. Kimberly
2: is so good.
0: I found her recent Daisy photos on Twitter and I was like, this is just gorgeous and I'm amazed. And then I scrolled through the photos and saw her space. That's just a bedroom. And I was flipping out. Like we said, the amount of work is absolutely phenomenal. But the imagination and creativity to take such mundane items and turn them into something magnificent and magical in that way is, it's amazing. I cannot comprehend it.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, I... She every like she definitely is a big inspiration for me too because I definitely look at what she's doing and I'm like how can I like I don't have even that space is kind of big actually to have a a one bedroom or a small bedroom like I have like maybe half of a living room or something that I can work within that space and but still there's so much you can learn from her because she just uses that space so well and she's so creative and how she sets everything up and she like was like I went to Michael's and bought all this stuff and I glued it together and now boom like I have a Vogue photo shoot in my living room like. It's amazing.
0: My big thing is like, you know, she she used all of those sunflowers. Um, I said daisies, I think. They're sunflowers. You know, some of them she, like, had to tear apart and, like, glue and basically put some customizations on them. And I'm just here thinking, you have so many sunflowers in your house now. What are you gonna do with them? (laughs) Do they just sit there? Like, you can't take them back and, like, (laughs) rip them up. What do you, what's, where do you put them? (laughs)
2: That's Like my burning question for her is like, where do you store all the stuff like after the photo shoot? Like, where do you put everything? I need to know. Like, inquiring minds.
0: It's not necessarily wasteful because she's making amazing, beautiful art out of it. But my urge is to reuse them and get as much usage out of them as possible. And like for items like fabric and backdrop and furniture, it's like, oh, those are easily resellable, or um, you can upcycle them. But for that many sunflowers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wonder.
1: But then I think like a sunflower, you know, decomposes. What if if
0: they have like a, a compost or something? No, they're silk fake sunflowers. So it's like, what? It's all... You can't just... I would have
1: to prearrange it like and just be like, hey, I'm about to get all these sunflowers. Any other photographers or anything like that would want to use. That would good. That would
2: be a good, a good sales, like sales thing. Like, hey, buy my, my bin of photo shoot stuff.
1: Right, right. <laughs> or there seems like there's other one where they use flowers and stuff. Maybe they're just keeping them for like the future too because there's a lot of different kind of flower ones sprinkled in there. So I'm sure... They can make use of it later. Okay,
0: now I'm just caught in the scrolling, into scrolling just her
1: Instagram. Yeah, me too. I'm just like, wow. Yeah, the environments.
0: But it's amazing what one person can do with just, you know, a blank wall and some fabric. You know, just being able to drape it in a very artful way and very purposeful way can really make a huge difference. Um, I'm looking at the Lovecore lookbook roulette that you did, and just with draping some red fabric and some ivy on the ground, like, you have created a studio, a backdrop, and you can make it look like you are in an entirely different place, and that is just so fantastical to me. It's like... You are a home chameleon. <laughs> yes,
2: yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> it's like movie sets. Oh my
2: God, yeah. I like, that's. I, I look at a lot of stuff like that too. I'm like, Ooh, like, Kimberly's great for that type of reference. But like, there's so many people who like, you go on Pinterest and you'd be like, DIY home photo shoot. And there's like people who even do like the baby photo shoots and they do all these like cute little cheats and things like that. And I'm like, oh, that's so smart. The way you just like got a foam core board and glued a bunch of flowers to it. And now you have a rose wall or here's a bunch of fabric draped over each other. And now it looks like, Cool and stylish. It's amazing, like, what you can do. You don't need a lot of money. Like, you could just, just have the creative minds just, like, throw things together and you're good.
0: Out of curiosity, and this, I guess, would constitute as advice for those who... Are not well trained in um, creating a backdrop. As someone who lives in an apartment, you know, I don't. I want to make as little permanent changes as possible. What ways could someone utilize or make these backdrops in a way that it can be easily taken down or put back up, remade in different ways without taking up a whole lot of space?
2: Yeah, I get that. I live in an apartment too. And I've lived in, like, lots of different apartments. One of the big things you can do is, like, they have um, these, like, backdrop stands. They're, like, tripods. They're collapsible. Oh. Like, the entire backdrop is collapsible. But it's a structure where you can, like, if you need to, like, drape fabric off of, it's basically, like, two tripods and, like, a stick in the middle. And you can, like, drape fabric. You can pin it. Um, you, once you drape the fabric, you can pin things to the fabric. Um, and then once you're done, you just basically take everything apart. And it goes into, like, a, like a little bag where all the metal parts and pieces go but that's that the Love Core one's a good example that's basically what I did with that one it's just a bunch of fabric clipped onto like a try like a kind of tripod situation and you can make it really big or you can make it really like any size that you need to kind of fit um the space you're shooting in
0: ingenious you, you don't get to see a whole lot of the background or the making of and that was like one of the reasons why I loved posts that Kimberly makes because she shows us a little bit of what she does but hearing it all and realizing oh my god it's that easy (laughs) it's (laughs) mind-blowing
2: yeah because not everyone has like access to a giant beautiful studio space or even like a room like I have to use half of my living room basically to shoot all my stuff so
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have a little corner in my bedroom and half of it is taken up by towels (gasps) and it's like okay what is the creative angle for today so I don't include my bed (laughs)
1: I totally think you could do it Hayden. I think you have you know, <laughs> like you have the motivation and the idea. Like I think you I think you you're a good crafter and stuff. I think you'd be able to do it.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, in my next place because we're moving soon, where it's going to be a lot cheaper for a much bigger space. So, hopefully I'll be able to have like a wall or a corner dedicated to just photos and just sitting and looking pretty. <laughs> And maybe the
1: lighting will be different too. There'll be like more light in some areas and stuff.
0: Oh my gosh! No, the lighting in my space is awful. Cause we are like on the back side of the building. Get we get no natural light, and the little bit that we would get, we're like right by the parking structure. So it's like, oh nope, that's all blocked off too. Ha <laughs> ha. Well. <laughs> Oh man,
1: but yeah, I'm so glad you were you were able to find this, play, this place because you sound like extra excited about it. You got to send us pictures though. Yes. Because I don't know. <laughs> I will. I definitely will. Upcoming, we have a question from one of our patrons, Jenna S. asks, how do you go about creating... Photos that highlight other products like your recent Dandy Puppet tois photo shoot.
2: Yeah, so that, that one was really cool because I got like a prompt from Tiffany who owns uh, Dandy Puppet And they're like, okay, the idea is like possessive love or scorned love or jealous lover. And you need to uh, please like include like a candy box and like chocolates if possible. Like that kind of was the prompt. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, what do I do with this? <laughs> um and like I like it's a jewelry brand right so I'm like okay the photos have to be like like you your brain immediately starts narrowing things down right like you know it's a jewelry brand so you got to focus on the jewelry you got to showcase the jewelry like it's all about that and then like the story is like you know so that's why I I think I did like a like a projector spotlight that had like the cracked heart right and then I did like the the red backdrop is that whole thing that we're just talking about like I literally just clipped red satin onto the wall (laughs) that's all I did for the backdrop I got a projector. And like, even if I didn't have a projector, you could also do that same editing style in Photoshop.
1: Oh, yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, yeah,
2: you totally could. Um, And that's, that's it. I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, I'm gonna do dark makeup. I'm gonna do this, like, like, I had this dress that had all these bows. And I was like, what if I put the bows all over my hair, like how it looks on the dress, because you can't see the bottom of the dress in the photo anyway. So it was it was little things like that. I kept thinking about and then I stuck everything in my hair and then I was like, OK, the jewelry is a star. We're going to have like this Valentine's Day box showcasing all the jewelry. And then I took like close up shots and even the close up shots, like I kind of like tried to light them. Um, I have like RGB LED lights. So it's kind of like a functions as a gel light. And I would like spotlight it onto like the product and take close ups of it. And then like I bought like cakes and chocolate from like my favorite sweet shop because i was gonna do that anyway
1: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) it's an excuse you can write it off as a tax return now right exactly exactly
2: (laughs) so that's that's what i did i was like oh i'll eat this so i ate actually all the cookies and chocolate you saw
1: (laughs) there was not a sweet wasted in this photo shoot
2: (laughs) yeah and then i also think about like tiffany's brand like like when someone gives me a prompt i look at like their their whole like what story they're telling with their branding and I'm like oh you got like this little cute like red curtain and like a spotlight and there's like these like drama masks and so I just thought about that when making like that's why I picked the spotlight because it reminds me of like circus and like you know, drama, and yeah, so that's kind of how I think of everything, like, I'm like, oh, what does every single thing in the photo kind of mean? (laughs) I know it's, like, really, like, deep,
1: but yeah.
0: That makes sense. Oh my, I didn't even think about the spotlight invoking a circus or a theater aspect, but now that you mention it, I'm, like, I'm looking at it and my heart rate just spiked because I'm, like, oh my god, I'm on the stage, oh my god, this is so much fun, (laughs) I'm watching, like, I'm watching a play and I'm just getting so excited. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's got this like mystery to it. It's like mystery yes, Valentine.
0: exactly. <laughs> it's, it's sultry. It evokes an emotion of like come hither, but also like come discover what's gonna happen. Right. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> this episode is just gonna be us like fawning <laughs> over your arm. <laughs>
2: oh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. You're
0: welcome. Like, you deserve I'm,
2: it. I'm glad I'm glad it's it's touched people. <laughs> That's like your hope, your ultimate hope as artists is like, has this moved people? Does this make people feel
0: things? (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting so excited about this because I'm just thinking of like the story behind it. And it's so, so great to me. And I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overcome with emotion. (laughs)
2: Yeah. yeah, And like, yeah, T- Tiffany's like really great and creative. So it was like awesome to like work with them and like kind of just have like back and like a little bit of that back and forth and then be like, here, this is what I did with your thing. I hope you love it. This is your baby. Like, <laughs> I try to do it
0: justice. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think you did. Most definitely. And if you don't get a prompt, um, for example, if Tiffany was just like, here's the thing, go have fun. How would you approach that sort of situation?
2: I think, like, if it was, yeah, if it was just, here's the thing, have fun, like, I definitely probably would have done something different. I remember I, I got the monochromatic version of Tiffany's work. I probably would have did, like, a monochromatic photo shoot or something like that that was even more circusy and probably, like, black and white and, like, you know, that vaudeville oh, kind of feel to it. Okay. Like, it would have been a Very different... Fun. Yeah, and if it wasn't, like valentine's day theme like that would, would have been another way to kind of approach it because i just i guess i could like look at what i'm trying to go for like oh this, this is what this looks like
1: mm-hmm.
2: how can i show it in a, in a photo
0: that also sounds like a fun theme yeah i'm absolutely in love with vaudeville and like dark cabaret so that kind of stuff is ooh, it's so wonderful that that imagery is, that's being evoked is so much fun so you mentioned Photoshop and how you can achieve different effects with it. What is your editing style or what are your favorite apps to use? Whether it is on the phone, uh, maybe a couple on the phone, please, for people like me, who can't afford different programs, <laughs> but even desktop programs. What uh, Tell us everything that you use.
2: Yeah, of course. Oh, you're like, you're gonna be kind of surprised. I can use Photoshop. I actually do not tend to use Photoshop too much. But there is um, a a Adobe app called Lightroom. And I think it's I'm pretty sure it's free on mobile because I think I did like a whole um, photography 101 creative photography for Bay Area K. And I talked about the different programs that I use. And a lot of them are mobile or free. So (laughs) I totally like hear you. And then I use line camera, which is really awesome.
0: I use line. I love line. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea how to use it good. I just go saturation up, <laughs> <laughs> brightness up, random ass filter. You got to
2: get you like a line tutorial. Cause lo- like line has a lot of similar things to Lightroom. It's like not as, not as good, but it's pretty, it's pretty close. It could be. Yeah. And then like, as far as editing style, I don't have a style. I just more worry about like, what's the vibe? Like, okay. If I want to do like a pastel kind of thing. Okay. What's pastel colors, incorporate that to the photo. If I want something to be dark and goth. I'm just like, okay, what's dark and goth? Like I have a I have specific color palettes that I use for specific projects for like what I'm trying to like get across.
0: Gotcha. Kamila, what's that one app the the one photo editing app that you use? Cause while we're on it, I I just wanna give people as many resources uh as we can. <laughs> Me included.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. I use B612, and then sometimes beauty cam. I'd usually just pick like four different filters. That's just like, okay, pinky is like great for like, you guess it, like pink, redder colors. And also like doesn't change my skin tone too crazy. That's a
2: big, yeah, that's a big (laughs) one. (laughs) That's a totally big one.
1: Yeah. Then there's this other one called like, innocent that I like for like, Uh, like blues and greens, but sometimes it makes my skin tone too yellow, but it depends on where I am in the world. You know, you kind of just gotta like, see your different environments because sometimes there'll be a good filter for when you're at a convention in the convention hall, but then you get back to the hotel, you try to use the same filter and it's like, oh, that's not doing anything for me here.
0: That's a really good point. Kaiser, do you have any tips on what is the best lighting for people to in general take pictures in? How can people achieve that sort of lighting to get the best quality?
2: Sunlight to me is the absolute hands down no one looks bad in sunlight. Nothing looks bad in sunlight. Like
0: either the shade
2: cuz sometimes you can't stand. Some people can like take pictures like, you know, in front of the sun <laughs> and not squint. I don't I don't know who those people are. They have superpowers in in the shade in daylight just um the the light itself it's it's so good it makes everyone look great um i, I if i know it's always hard sometimes like once daylight savings happen <laughs> it's because it gets dark earlier um but i i would say as, as much as you can like try to take photos in sunlight um or in well well lit rooms or outside you know like It always, I don't know, it looks good. It's like, thanks, thanks, son, getting my melanin. Right,
1: (laughs) yeah, I have to, like, I always look for that window in the hotel room. Like, all right, that's my window. I'm going to be over here getting
0: (laughs) the light and everything. Then there's the other side of the coin where it's too bright. Like, Kamila, when we went to Anime Expo last time and we were, like, trying to take photos like right outside when the sun is directly overhead you, you get all those shadows cast on the face it's too bright so everyone's like oh I can't see the camera I'm squinting too much yeah
1: yeah or the phone shadow is on your face
0: oh my gosh
1: it's so aggravating <laughs> man me and Simon trying to take photos Simon is my partner and he is white so me and Simon trying to be in the same photo outside it'll just be like oh he's looking like he's reflecting the light off of him and then I'm looking (laughs) like great this is awesome and (laughs) trying to get like both of us together it looking good in one photo can
0: be it's rough yeah yeah
1: but yeah, I try to like take photos with, cause it depends it's your style and mine. I have a very like colorful style. So I go for a more like saturated filters or if I don't really have like a filter on it, like beauty cam, they don't really have a good colorful filter. I just get it for clarity. And so I'm just like, okay, well, none of the colors are really doing anything in this. So then I just go to the regular editing on iPhone and turn up saturation or take down shadows because sometimes you can fix a photo that's like a little too dark or something um, by pushing up the brightness or taking down the shadows or maybe you could do contrast or I don't know, something like that.
2: Yeah. And like, especially in a lot of the editing apps, I think that I'm super cognizant of the fact that like you have to kind of mess. Like, I, I definitely recommend like, especially if you want to make your photos have a particular style to like get familiar with all those programs that you're using to like, know okay. Like I got to make it cooler. I got to make it warmer. Or I got to make it less saturated or more saturated. Um, like light, like Lightroom is, is a free app. I know it's like a little bit of a learning curve, but it's really, it's so user friendly. Like, for example, I take a lot of, like, gothic kind of style photos where it's a lot about desaturating, but sometimes I don't want my skin to be desaturated or look too light. So, like, I'll go in Lightroom and I'll be able to, like, directly edit things, like, how my skin Ooh,
0: looks. that's so great. Yeah, or if
2: you want, like, purples to pop more, you want, like, you could, it's good for, like, anyone, anyone's style. Like, if you have a super pastel colorful style, you can, like, make a filter, basically, on Lightroom, and then you can copy-paste that filter onto every single one of your photos, but... You might have to tweak it a little bit because it'll react differently to different lighting situations, but you can make like a custom filter for yourself where it's like, okay, it won't mess up my skin tone. It'll pop all the colors I want. It'll like be perfect, you know, every single time. All right,
0: time time to watch a tutorial. Time to like jump into this. I
2: promise you it's user-friendly. I promise.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So how
1: much time do the shoots usually take? Like say when you're doing the backdrops and everything or when you have like a ready-made location
2: if it's a ready-made location it probably takes like 15 minutes or less like i I won't like spend too much time actually that's the easiest one i don't have to do any other work i'm like oh hello i could just pop up take my picture bye (laughs) when it's not ready made it's like oh gosh um it can take not including the set sometimes it can take a couple maybe one or two hours if you're including the sets it could take like five to ten hours depending on how complicated the set is if it's really simple it probably takes only maybe like an hour to set up um, and then, like, maybe an hour to shoot. So it just really depends um, on how complicated it is. The, it's funny, the Danny Puppets wall one was probably one of the more complicated ones just because there was a projector involved.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah. And this is another question that we got from Jenna S., our lovely patron. Thank you so much. Jenna asks, do you have any advice for people who are trying to get comfortable in front of the camera? Because I know, for me, you know, we... I'm very comfortable behind a microphone, I know how to talk to people really well, pop me in front of a video camera or um, pop me in front of a phone camera and I'm like, okay, what do I do with my body? Where do I put this finger? (laughs) Is this finger okay? Am I blocking something? And how can uh, photographers direct their models for the best shots if you have any experience with that?
2: Yeah, um, I actually do have some experience um, working with with models. Um, I'll get into it in a little bit. But um, I think when it comes to taking your photos, you have to start understanding that like, a camera doesn't always capture things exactly how they are in real life. Um, It's just like a, a cool imitation of your eyeball. And I think that's like the first step. And then the other thing is that practicing is what makes you the most comfortable, like you're gonna just have to practice whether it's in front of the mirror, like, you don't have to post every photo, you know, you take of yourself. But like, just like sit down in front of a camera and like figure out what you do and don't like about, you know, um, your photos. Like there's tons of tutorials that people post online. Like you can literally look up like five poses you can do if you don't know how to model, like to make your photos look good. Like there's so <laughs> many. <laughs> and they have them for like people who have like, their different sizes, different statures. Um, and, and they tell you like, hey, like maybe you want to pose like this. Maybe you want to pose like that. It's kind of the only way I feel like you can get comfortable just by practicing. I'm sure, like, when you, you're you practicing interviewing and speaking with people, like, that takes time to kind of build that skill. Yeah, it's similar to that. And then um, another another thing people, I don't think, know because we're talking about, like, camera technical things. It's, like, don't stand so close to the camera. Like, I think people, like, are so used to, like... Because the camera has, like, a, it's a lens and it's curved and basically it's going to distort the way you look the close. And also with cameras, the closer you are to the camera, the bigger things appear, which... If you want to do that on purpose to make some kind of cool stylized looking thing where maybe you want your shoes to look really big like a brat doll or something or you want you know a particular aesthetic that's fine but like if you just want to capture something that's maybe more accurate to what you look like like step away from the camera actually that's probably like one of the 101 mistakes yeah. <laughs> as far as like directing I'm, I'm very like um I want my models and my subjects to feel as comfortable as possible because I feel like the more comfortable someone feels when they're there, like it's nerve wracking to have someone basically point a camera at your face and tell you, like, they're to, you know, take pictures of you. So it's like having that dialogue with your subject. Like, do you have photos that you like the way that you look? Because I feel like if you're a photographer, you can look at someone's photo and say, oh, okay, I get what the photographer did there to make you look like that. Um, it kind of does work that way after you do it for a while but it's like having that open dialogue and also like if someone doesn't have the experience like making them feel comfortable and telling them like hey i know you don't have the experience but like i'm gonna like pose you i'm gonna direct you like you know tell me if you like the direction we're going and if you don't like like it's like a lot of open dialogue like some people i'll just sit there and like shoot i feel like it's up to the photographer because i feel some photographers make their subjects feel bad like i've been in that position
1: oh no yeah
2: Yeah, like they'll be like, "Oh, like you're not like this tiny, skinny person." So I don't know what to do with you, or I don't know how to shoot you. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think I don't know. I feel like it happens a lot with certain type of photographers. But I feel like really great photographers they make their subjects like shine. Like that's to me the point. Is like you have to make that person look the bomb. Like they have to like. From the photo, the color, the composition. So, like, when I'm working with models, like, I will direct them. I try to make them feel comfortable. I try to make sure that... Because that, it, it shows in the photography if your subject's uncomfortable, I feel like. Yeah. It's, and it's damaging this person's self-esteem, too. Like, if they, if they feel like... I don't fit this arbitrary beauty standard that like I can't photograph well. I don't think that's true. I think like almost anyone can photograph well, but they just have, it just has to be, the direction has to be there.
1: If you're trying to take someone's photo and you're having any difficulties, do not blame it on your model.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It is not their fault. I, I personally will blame the photographer all the time. I'm like, nope. You're the photographer. You're the expert. You make it look good.
1: Like right. that's not on the person. Exactly. Like you're the photographer. You got to know how to take a good photo. It's not because of the person's body. I don't understand that.
0: I really need to go back and thank some photographers then, because there are definitely yeah. some pictures that I look at myself and I'm like, damn, why aren't I a mom Like, why aren't I getting paid yes. for this? <laughs> yes. Those are the ones that we should go back and just be like, thank you for everything.
2: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Like those those photographers, I feel like they're gems. Like I'm just like, you are the best human being to ever walk on this planet. To make people feel like that. Because photography is also about like you have memories and you're going to look back at that photo and then you're going to be like, did I have a good time when I took that photo? Did it make me feel good or did it make me feel awful? You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Like the reassurance during the photography process of just like, oh man, this is looking great. Like stay right there or I'm going to move over here, you know? So then it makes you feel like, oh yeah, I'm doing a good job at being cute right now. Yes! Yes!
0: <laughs> No, whenever, like, people take my picture and they're very quiet, I'm like, oh, God, I look awful. Oh, God, they hate me. Oh, God, I'm doing (laughs) something wrong. Is there something on my face?
2: (laughs) Like, I got to remember that, too, because I think one time I was shooting my friends and I was really quiet because the photos were so good that, like, I, like, couldn't say anything. And she's like, are they good? And I was like, oh, my God, they're amazing. I just can't tell you right now. I can't convey how amazing it is. So sorry if I've ever done that to someone, but that's a good, good tip to remember.
1: (laughs) Right, right. I just get nervous that like, I can take photos when I can see myself in the photo, because then like you say you put your phone against something on the ground or a table or something. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm doing this. I'm moving this way. Sometimes I'll go to um, some Gadu magazines and just like, I really like their posing there. They look like they're having so much fun. And I'm like, ooh, let me try to practice some of these. But then like if someone else is holding the phone and I can't see what I'm doing, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anything about moving my body anymore because I can't see it and <laughs> is this good? And I don't know what it is about like just not being able to see it that I'd like lose all concept of posing.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely like a muscle memory thing cuz I used to I used to have that a lot like in the beginning when I first started shooting myself, like I would I would know when I'm looking at the camera or mirror, like, okay, this is what my body's doing. And I'm still not that great at it, but like, at least now I'm like, I'm like, okay, I think my arm usually does this. And then I cross my leg, like I'll do things like, it was like, cross your legs, stick your face out, put your hand on your hip. Okay. I think that's the thing. And then if it comes out good, I'm like, okay, I remember that. It's like a dance almost. Like you have to remember the steps and then, and then it'll come out. Okay. Um, but i do a lot of self-portraits so i have to see what i look like like i i can't really sometimes pose too well otherwise
1: right right yeah it's hard or like having a photographer that like simon's a good he's gotten like way better as at like taking photos of me but there would be times where i'm just like simon you've cut off my foot what am i gonna do with that in a weird way it is just like it's like the the composition or something like that or trying to get like what you think looks good versus what the person who's taking the photo is because um i'll be wearing a crop top and i'm like my stomach looks terrible right here if my
0: stomach does that tell me to turn or do something else There's definitely times where I've like, I've angled my face in a certain way that I'm like, oh, yeah, I look so powerful right now that I look at the photo and I'm like, "Uh, (laughs) oh,
1: my God. Or I take photos of Simon and I'm like, yeah, this looks great. And he's just like, I don't like it. And I'm just like, why? He's like, I don't know. And I'm just like, okay, what? What? does he want in the photo? What's the the good features that he's trying to show off? You know, it may not match up with With what I think are his like features that I like, or whatever. I like that idea about like looking at previous photos that the person has liked of themselves. So then you can get an idea of like they don't like downward angles, they like straight on, something like that, nothing too extreme, or they like the filter to be more like 90s grainy with some sparkles or something. You know, I try to take the picture of everybody be looking like uh, decor candy Um, (laughs) people. (laughs)
2: yeah and like even like some people like i've done that and then they'll be like oh i like this photo because it makes me look more feminine Uh or like this photo because it makes me look more masculine and even that like plays a whole thing into what people think is like feminine and masculine too because we all have different interpretations
0: what i find my big issue is is that because i can't see for crap glasses all the time and even then i i it's still oh i always need a new prescription But, you know, when you're already, like, arm's length away from your phone, you already are distorting, like, what you see on the screen from when you actually take the picture. And then if I'm trying to, like, get a full body shot and my phone is, like, three feet away from me, from a distance, I look great. Then I go up close and I'm like, I'm like, yeah. whoops, that was bad choice. <laughs> right, yeah. I need like, a, I need a phone screen that's like at least double what it currently is <laughs> or else it's like, I can't see what is happening accurately.
2: If you ever use a back, the back camera, back camera sometimes, to take your photo. I, I found a cool tip, which is people buy phone cases with like a mirror on the back of
1: it oh. and then
2: they take their pictures with like the self-timer <gasps> thing.
0: I saw that, I was like, oh, that's so smart. I've tried. Nice. It,
2: it, it. works pretty good.
0: Wow. I didn't know there were phone cases like that.
1: Yeah, me neither. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good idea too. Because then like if you're taking photos of someone, they could also see a little bit of what they're doing. Do you have any help behind the camera? Is it just like you most of the time?
2: It's definitely me most of the time. But in the beginning, it was a lot because I was learning so much. It was a lot of help from like my, my spouse, like, she's super awesome and everything that you were just talking about totally happens so it's like what do you like in a photo what do you like in a photo and then like we like completely different things <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a trip and then you're like directing and you're like no I want it like this and then I kind of feel bad since I was like no
1: take it from
0: right that, you know, no, then that. they're like feeling bad like I did a bad job at capturing you and yeah. I'm like ah <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I will, I will say like if you're, if you're in, in that kind of couple mm-hmm. situation, like just have a conversation with your partner and be like, it's not you, it's not you, babe. It's, it's just what the way I want it. It's like this,
1: right? Right. And like you're doing a great job. You're taking time out of your day to take these photos. Exactly.
2: Me. Exactly. So it's, it's like a back and forth. So always be super kind to your photographer, but nicely tell them like this
1: is kind of not want. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Right.
2: Yeah yeah and and they like like she's really great she totally understands like you know that we have different stuff because sometimes I take pictures of her where I'm like you look bomb as hell in this photo and she's like I don't (laughs) like it and I'm like yeah
0: (laughs) like
1: I don't know how that's possible but (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) we're blinded by love that is the problem yeah exactly right right? (laughs) it's like my
1: eye is doing this I'm just like no I think you're just like you know smoldering or something <laughs> like, no. it's like, incorrect yeah
2: yeah so so in the beginning it was a lot of like uh, her helping and then later on like I started getting more confident with at least how I, I could pose and how I make myself look and then I also like have apps where I can like see myself on my phone screen like before I take the photo so I can like really tune in my pose um sometimes like I'll take videos and take screenshots off of videos yeah I'll do like a bunch of crazy like ridiculous poses and I'm like okay do this do this do this, and it's like okay cool like that looks good and then just take the screenshot and like put it as a photo at the end like with video I actually need her help a lot not so much when I'm doing like those really simple like fashion transition videos but I did like a more fashion editorial video um where I was like a mermaid or something I think that's what the video was and she helped me like shoot almost everything like I sat there and was like I want this kind of shot I want that kind of shot and then she helps me like you need more help I think with video than like a still image
0: especially if you have like something very specific in mind and you can't communicate it right it's like no I, I right. want it to be this right. way but ah, oh, I don't know yeah. how <laughs> you
2: can always always tell your partner to do like the three angles so you do like high angle middle angle and then have them squat and like just make them t- like always take those three types of photos or something yeah. um so that you could like get you know all the angles and everything like there's there's tips or like you know show them videos like hey can you please make me look like this in the photo
0: Communication is key. Right,
1: right. Exactly. Or take one of those photos that was almost right. I'm like, that one was almost right, but like, just move over to the left. Like, we going to do that pose again, and then you like do this other angle with it. Or sometimes I look at a photo that I was like, this was bad. And then I'm like, oh, wait, this might be good, actually. I don't know what changed between yesterday and today, but it looks good to me today. <laughs> and... <laughs>
2: I totally feel that. I totally feel that. At that,
1: that point I will go back to Sarah and be like, "I think some of these were good." And he's like, see? "Yeah, see, I knew there was something there. I knew I saw something."
2: My my spouse she also helps me sometimes like if a setup is like particularly complicated, she'll help. Like the Danny Puppets Hall one is a good one like with the projector. It was like a whole thing with that and then like I had to like do test shots and I'm like running back and forth between the oh, camera and, right. <laughs> and behind the projector. <laughs> And, sh- and she's like, do you need help setting up the projector? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you can, you also can really do a lot on your own. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised, like, how many things I've just been
1: able to, like, oh, I didn't need anyone's help to do that. Photo. <laughs> nice, nice. I-,
0: I wanted to ask this question as well. And again, something that we didn't write down, but I know people like myself you know i'm fat and i've always have been and it has created a lot of insecurities for me like i know i'm attractive like hello but when trying to take pictures it can be difficult trying to get that same feeling from looking in the mirror and then taking a photo they vary greatly do you have any advice to people who are having difficulty capturing how they feel in their photography,
2: you know, even before um, we were saying, "Oh, hey, you know, you take a picture one day, and the next day you see it, and you feel you feel better about it." Sometimes it's that. Like sometimes, just take a break between. Like if you're, if you're taking photos and you're not feeling it, you're just not feeling it's okay. You know, to take to take a step back and say, "You know what? Maybe not today. Maybe another day." Like that's that's one way. I, I I've had that happen too where you have to just kind of just say. I don't like the way I look today because you really will go back sometimes and look at the same photo and you remember how you felt that day. Like, Oh, I felt like crap that day. Or that photo came out horrible. And then I don't know, I think like your brain, I don't know, human brains are interesting like that, where you'll see the same thing again and you'll feel happy about it. Or you'll be like, Oh, actually I look really good in that photo. Um, that's like one, one thing that you can always do is take a step back. And then if you're, um, having difficulties too, like, think about people that you look up to, right? Like there are, you know, People who are fat, who are plus size, who have different body types, different body shapes. Like the the thing that's great about the internet is I felt like when I was younger growing up, I never got to see anyone else, you know, that was different. And now you have such like quick access to so many people across, especially even in the fashion industry who are models, who are influencers, who take these really gorgeous photos, they take these really amazing like angles, things that maybe you thought, oh that maybe that doesn't look good. And then you see someone else try it. Like there's people who probably have already done the work for you in that way. And they because they had to work on their self-confidence and how they see their bodies and how they look at photography um in that way. And then also also realizing that sometimes like to get something really perfect or to get something exactly what it looks like in real life in photography is still difficult to this day, even with technology. Sometimes like I've I've had like outfits where I'm like, man, this outfit looks amazing. But because it's not in the right lighting, I'm not shooting it from the right angle. I'm not using like, I'm not going to bust out equipment every time just to capture the right photo. I'm just going to enjoy my outfit, enjoy the compliments. Cause you know, when you have like a really cute outfit, like 25 people on the street are going to be like, wow, you look awesome. Or, oh my God, I love your outfit. <laughs> like focus on that. Um, because sometimes you can't always capture like, you know, real life using a two-dimensional space, basically.
1: Right. Yeah, that's so true. There's sometimes that the camera is not capturing what I'm seeing in the mirror. I'm just like, I feel like I look really good. And then I'm trying to take this photo and it's just like, nothing's working out for me. And I'm just like, well, you know, this is just going to be one of those times. You know, we don't got to capture every single outfit for Instagram and
2: <laughs> like enjoy enjoy your, it's fine. more it's like what you're saying is more important like if you know you look good and you can't capture it like don't even it's not you I promise you it's not you like you you'd be so surprised all the effort that goes into like getting that perfect image that sometimes it's like not worth it just enjoy your day like enjoy how you look you know you look cute <laughs> keep that kind of energy um versus like beating yourself up and feeling like oh is it because I'm not it's not I promise you it's probably not you it's it's a piece of crap Camera phone. Right, like
0: right. <laughs> oh fine. man, that is the one thing I'm very jealous about iOS users for is that their cameras are real fucking good. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I think that's important too. Like, yeah, or like
0: one exactly. of my friends,
1: um, she has. The most up to date iPhone. And so I took some pictures before going to hang out with her. And I was just like, oh, I am not feeling any of this. At the end of whatever hangout we were doing, she was like, oh, let's take a picture. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to look terrible. And then I see my face in that picture, in that photo. And I'm like, what? How is this better? You've, what? We have the iPhone and you, you're you not lo- using any app or anything. You're just like, you doing the regular thing. And it's just like captured my skin a lot better. And the little light that we had in that car was a nighttime. And I was just like, wow, <laughs> technology. Yeah, 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 totally.
2: yeah, I think people have to be more transparent about that kind of stuff. Because I feel like you have these like standards that you feel like you have to like live up to or you have to be like. And it's like, if you knew the amount of effort that went into, like, that one thing, I think people would understand better and not feel so, like, hard on themselves or feel like they have to be perfect, you know, or have to be everything's on point. Like, I have tons of photos I don't publish or I don't put out on the internet because I'm just like, I don't like it, you know? And then later on, like, two months later, I'm like, oh, actually, it's not bad. Like, I'll post it, I guess.
1: Yeah, or uh the room. Yeah, the room lighting could really mess stuff up because I was taking pictures at night. Uh I think I did that photo shoot that was about what if Decora was in the 80s and I was just like, "Oh, the first like 20 photos I was like this is not working. Like it's way too dark, but it's like it's nighttime. What am I going to do?" So then I was just like, let me go back to this really old app that I don't use anymore. They took off a lot of the colorful filters. So it's just like, oh, I'll go back to that one. But I felt like, oh, it's like capturing like the light really well. So I'm like, I'll just like bump up the colors. And then I went into the hard decor room, which which has that one pink wall. And I was just like, oh, this looks so much better in here with like the one pink wall. Oh and, my
0: God.
1: <laughs> you know, whatever lighting is in here. And I'm just like, oh, wow. And that, that was definitely one of those days where I'm just like, I have a hundred photos of this one thing. And it just gradually got better.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It can take, like, warm-up time.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: warm-up
0: time. (laughs) I find the thing I'm most insecure about is my camera quality. Mm -hmm. I'm very thankful that line has a sharpness slider that I can, like, pull that up, and it's like, now it looks so much more high quality. Nobody knows I have a shit camera.
1: Yeah, reminding
0: people that it's
1: it's not them. It's the camera. It's the lighting. It's the poses that you're able to do to even, like be in the phone sometimes like you can get a really cool angle when you're out somewhere and there's like a stage or a platform but like in your apartment there's just so many different factors trying to like take a selfie or something don't blame yourself with it
0: the world hates photography yeah and it's constantly against us
2: yeah don't don't internalize it don't internalize it I, i i think also like there's a lot of like influence of like you know, cis dudes being like, this is what I think looks good, you know, and the more diverse people and I think more people are involved in photography and are taking different subject matter and different angles. I think the better off it's the the medium is going to become and for everyone else to see themselves. Because I feel like a really long time it was just dominated by like one group of people where now because everyone has camera phones and everyone has like access to to even nicer cameras you see so much beautiful photography out there like there's just like capturing different ways of life different styles different um, body shapes different um, gender identities like it's really really awesome like I'm like blessed to be alive during this time because like (laughs) if you look at like old photography it was like kind of stuffy and (laughs) late. yeah
1: everybody go out there and experiment where can our listeners keep up with you? Uh,
2: so, I mostly post a lot on Instagram, on curse.kaiser. Um, I actually still post on Tumblr. Wow! <laughs>
1: uh, I yeah. feel like Tumblr's <laughs> making a comeback or something. I feel like I'm hearing that and, I, and it's piquing my interest. <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I was like, I'm not giving up my Tumblr account. <laughs> um, and I've also hosted panels for Bay Area K on photography, like outfit. Experimenting and accessory crafting. So, if you want to check out their Instagram and their YouTube, you can find like the tutorials um, and the panels I've hosted there.
0: Wonderful! Thank you so much, Kaiser. It was so great to talk with you, and you gave us such amazing advice for photography. And seeing your photos was absolutely amazing. I mean, I've followed you for a minute, and just I always see them, and I'm (laughs) like. Wow, it just hits every mm-hmm,
2: time. <laughs> Listen, once this pandemic is over, I'll like make my way around the country and start like shooting everyone in the J fashion community. That's like one I like dream project that I want to I want to do is like shoot everyone oh,
1: in like the North American. That'd be so much yeah, fun. That'd
0: be great documentation. <laughs> so again, thank you so much for giving your time and ha- sitting down with us and giving this amazing advice and sharing your story. We really do appreciate it. And again, if anyone wants to follow Kaiser, we will have links in the description. Go follow them everywhere you can because their art is amazing and beautiful. And with that, and just follow along with this, Kaiser, we'll throw it over to you in a second. This has been OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila, And? My name's Kaiser. Yeah! we yeah! <laughs> did it! We will see you all next time. <laughs> Bye-bye!
2: Bye!